Welcome to Death Metal Dicks, the uh, only podcast that matters. Now that uh, No Jumper is going away, I think. Is it going away? Yeah, I think he's going down, man. We, <laughs> I just keep seeing I just keep seeing stuff where the, he just keeps getting roasted by people online so much. I don't know if it's like an uncancelable entity. Like, maybe he'll keep doing the porn thing, but... Yeah. I saw a clip where he had to fucking kick some dude that had been there forever off the premises and like fire him and shit shit so it just seems like non-stop drama damn and no jumper man i'm speaking of no jumper i saw a video of takashi 69 getting his fucking ass beat today yeah yeah that's good news it's like old dudes like 56 year old guys beating him up yeah yeah ogs man those are the ones that'll do it, man. Oh, geez, but then, man. But the thing that's so crazy is they'll turn around and fucking snitch on themselves and post that shit online. It's like... Yeah. Oh, man. Clout's fucking bad, dude. Clout? So you, yeah, man. You just got to fucking not... If you're going to do some shit like that, you don't post it on the internet. I feel unhinged right now. Yeah? That pre-workout gets you? No, or? I'm just... I'm standing up. Yeah. It's weird as fuck. My, you feel like you're giving a speech? Yeah. I got my hand. I, I my hands want to do stuff. I fucking got a sciatic nerve thing that's been going on, and then I also got a shot in my other butt cheek. So it's it's bad butt season right now. I can't bad sit. butt season. I'd either. I was thinking about laying down, but I don't think that would go. No, babe, I can't have a pleasing. It's bad butt. Season. <laughs> I don't think that would go very good. Oh man, this thing's fucking flopping over and shit. This sucks. We gonna make it through though, dog. Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> I go. Let's we'll start with albums of the week, man. All right, bring the death metal back to death metal detectives. Uh, I got off the leash EP by Mongrel. It didn't come out recently, but man, I've been listening to it. That's just good as fuck, man. I like how they like intermingle the uh, like '90s hardcore, tough guy hardcore with their fucking death metal. Yeah, but uh, yeah, shit's sick. Yeah, it's like all death metal with breakdowns anymore, and uh, I like different angles of that. But definitely New York hardcore and death metal, yeah, together is one, which is kind of what Marauder is. But they don't really sound like Marauder. But I guess yeah. if you had to reach for something to the past to compare it to, you could come up with Marauder. Yeah, it's like it reminds me of uh, Pyrexia in some aspects, where it's just got those really chunky fucking breakdowns. But chunky, chunky. I got uh, the new Night Demon Outsider. It's really fucking good. It's uh, some of the better stuff that they've done. It's catchy as fuck. And kind of some of their stuff is like super cheese ball, I feel like, man. Or it's just like you're trying to do this thing and you're okay at it. But uh, they really did it with this one. It's fucking, it's fucking great. Really good. That EP they put out not that long ago was really awesome. But this is, this is I think, their most solid album. Yeah, that shit's not for me, man. Yeah, yeah, it's hit or miss. But like a lot of heavy metal, but you gotta just there. You gotta you have to be cool. 
yeah to do it and i can tell those guys aren't cool yeah they just know like if you're having a good time like a turtle champion Yo, they're having a great time. Well, they're having a great time, and then, like, they are they were all in hardcore bands. So they've been cool for a long time. Yeah. And then they also like heavy metal a bunch. And Iron Age was basically... It was the ultimate collaboration of heavy metal and hardcore. Sure. And it really sparked a huge trend. And nobody did it. The power trip's kind of along the same lines, and it's in, in the same group of people, so it's not really biting off that. But there has been a load of people. Uh, what's wrong with my fucking brain? What's the one that's out right now? That's the guys. Sounds like the guy from Bane. What is that? Mind Force. Mind Force. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Shit like Mind Force. There's a whole bunch of bands like that. That wouldn't be around without Iron Age, which is fine. They were kind of revolutionary. And they weren't really popular when they were out, which stinks. I think if they came out right now, it would be the biggest yeah. band of all. But that's the way it goes. But, yeah, that's what I mean by being cool. Like, those Night Demon guys, I, I feel like it's dudes that just grew up doing solos in their garage. Like, I knew this dude when I was growing up that was sick at guitar, but he just played, like, Ozzy and Van Halen solos. Yeah. So he always wanted to be in bands, but he just was such a nerd that he couldn't write anything cool. Sure. But he ripped. I know lots of dudes like that. Yeah. But that's what kind of what Night Demon is. Like they started writing songs and that there but there there's a lot of heavy metal like that. Like younger dudes doing heavy metal. They're serious about it. I feel like there has to be like an air of not being serious. Yeah, I'm not a I don't know, man. I was like he said, I don't think Man of War is serious. It ain't a way. I don't know, dude. No, I'm pretty I mean, sure. They're, they're, they're serious about tits and lifting and beers. Yeah, but the, I think they, the whole thing, it's silly. Yeah, they yeah, know yeah. it. They, I think they understand it's silly. I think that's why people get mad at him a lot because it's like such an absurd thing. And then people try to speak to him in a serious manner. Because they're on some straight up. Uh, Dude, my brain is going to need a jump start. What's the fuck? They're, they're on some straight up Spinal Tap shit, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it's it's uh, over the top. But a Spinal Tap was good. Yeah, I mean, Spinal Tap wasn't supposed to be good. I mean, it's just the most absurd yeah. ensemble of rockers ever put together before. Yeah, I fucking love it. Man of War. Man of War is kind of one of my... It's, I have like two go-tos or three, really, just depending on how I feel. It's, it's always going to be Man of War, Slayer, and Typo, like... If I just can't think of anything, I'll just fucking put that on. Yeah, that's a pretty good mix. I'm pretty close to that, but not Slayer. I'm Slayered out, man. Yeah. I can't let... <laughs> I just hurt so I've, I'm Slayered out, bro. I just never... I don't get tired of showing no mercy. I'm Metallica out, Slayered out. Sometimes Pantera out. Yeah. You can just only do so much of that. Yeah, I agree. It's been it's been around our whole life. I've been listening to that for my whole life. Yeah, and then when it, they kept putting albums out and they stunk, oh, so yeah. like you're growing up with it, and then what's coming out when you're of age to appreciate music stinks. Yeah, so you can't f- stay current with it, and you're just stuck with the same three or four albums that they had that were sick. Yeah, so that's thirty fucking years of the same shit. Sure. You can just 
And Man of, Man of War is like new. Like I got into Man of War like three years ago. Yeah. So that's always. I've been in Man of War for a long accessible. time. Accessible. I put Judas Priest as my third one. Yeah, I could put Priest, Priest on there anytime. Too. I have like a Priest mix. I have Blast too. Yeah. It's that's it. Priest is at any time. He's never going to be bummed out. Yeah. It's good driving music. It's good drinking music. It's good fucking music. It's good everything, man. Yeah, dude. Probably so hard to pin down your top band, but Priest is up there for sure. Priest and Typo. Just never, there's never not a time where if that comes on, I'd be like, hey, man, turn the shit off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Slayer's fine, but there's plenty of times where if you put it on, I'd be like, no, <laughs> that's enough. Yeah, I feel like the one album, I even get tired of like Rain and Blood and shit, but I don't get tired of Show No Mercy at all. Like, it's just got fucking good riffs. It's still like right on that line of like where it's like thrash is new, but it's also heavy metal, you know? I mean, yeah, there's no debate that it rocks the fucking house. It's just, I'll appreciate it from a, I'll keep my memories with it. Yeah. <laughs> Not put it on it's now. It's just better venom, basically, is yeah. what it is. I just, uh, I remember, because I was late getting into Slayer, and I remember uh, finally cracking on it. Because I knew I didn't like Slayer, but I never really heard Slayer. It's just the the fan base and the, how high school was and shit like that. I knew I would, didn't want to be a part of those fans. And then uh, finally gave Rain and Blood a shot, the whole album, and uh, had to eat some crow because that shit ripped. Yeah, but that and then then I just got and I just talked about listening to it for thirty years. That would be more like Metallica, but I was you know set eighteen, eighteen, nineteen when I got into Slayer, and then just blasted it nonstop. But that's a nice treat, you know. You come into it, you get three or four years of just nonstop that. Yeah. Yeah, I like to. I gotta have a break sometimes too, man. Even with metal, dude, I'm just pretty much. I've been listening to a lot of more gothy fucking tunes and and punk shit. Yeah, and I I've everything I like I've burnt myself on at one point or another. Like that that, that new fucking Chisel album is fucking good, man. Man rules. Yeah, always stuff has been nice. Uh, when it was and then it got cold again. It's like the ultimate. You want to just go outside and throw bricks at something. Yeah. And cause a problem, which it's, I would I wouldn't do, but it's a, it's this nice springtime vibe. Like you've been locked up all winter, it sucked outside, and now you just want to get outside and do something bad. Oi, yeah, that's the thing for that. Which has been crazy. The weather's been crazy here. It was like the other day. So I got this like thing I do my ice baths in. Set it up. Did you figure that thing out, man? I know. <laughs> I don't fit in it, but. That sucks. Uh, Went outside the day after I set it up. Send and the that water, bitch back, dude. I probably will. Yeah. The water was frozen in it. Mm-hmm. And then yesterday it was cold as fuck. It was frozen in it. And then today it's fucking like 80 degrees. So our Arkansas weather is always so fucking crazy. Man. I think that's everywhere. But the the this year that's different than years that I remember is it, it was cold, hot, cold, hot, and then hot for three solid weeks. Yeah, it was it, it went from 70s and then we had the 80s for two and a half weeks, 70s for a week and a half and then the 80s for two and a half weeks. And then it just out of fucking nowhere down freeze warnings. Yeah, that's so, that's so, you know, 
God can, you need to get that shit together. If it's God or if it's like the Jews with a weather machine or uh, what we're about to talk to you today about today is just elaborating on Korean cult mentality. Korea's fucking wild, man. Hell yeah, it is. I didn't know. I didn't know. I didn't know. I didn't know until I watched uh, the rest of that cult documentary, which I think is called, uh, I can't remember, something God. It's on fucking Netflix. They're top 10. You'd see it. It's got a fucking Korean guy on the front. And uh, we talk, there, there's the one that's got like four parts, and then the other ones are just one part ones. So the other ones were fucking wilder. I think they just had more info on the first one that we talked about. Uh that we talked about last week, but you step on that cord. Oh shit! Uh, Kim Jong Il said that he controlled the weather. Damn. Yeah, I dove pretty hard on uh, all the Korean shit that I could find on the streaming sites after I watched that, just to get an idea of where their fucking headspace was at because it's bananas over there. And I also watched... uh, So the trajectory was I watched the cult documentary on Netflix, and then I watched uh, The Rise and Fall of the Third Reich. Oh, yeah, that's a good one. (laughs) And then I watched this this thing that came out on Netflix that's done by Peter Dinklage. That's how it's called how to be a tyrant. And it talks about how these different dictators that had come into power and like the tactics they used all pretty similar stories. Very interesting. And then I watched inside North Korea, which a lot of the like family Trajectory came from the how to be a tyrant and then inside North Korea is more focused on Kim Jong-un and his sister and the shit that they're up to. But yeah, that motherfucker ill so that he controlled the weather. It's a real and everyone in Korea, like the cults to the dictate and you know, the cults are all in South Korea because you keep, there's probably shit like that going on in North Korea, but there's no way to know about it because there's, they're secluded completely. We, we get a lot of leak. They have a state run media and we have access to it through spying. So you can find a lot of clips off of their bad shit media. Yeah. But nothing about that. You were listening to that. Uh, you know, you know me parks girl, the one rogue. Yeah. That that shit's fucking crazy, man. I got a big Rogan secret that would be so fucking funny to say and <laughs> just blow the whole thing, but I'm not going to do it, man. I really want to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I really fucking it want to. It would be very funny, man. It would be very funny, but I feel like... It would fuck something up. I don't think it would fuck anything up, but I just know the person involved generally takes a joke very well, but I think this might be the one thing... <laughs> Is that a piss him off? <laughs> that would legit piss I like him off. I seeing him pissed off, man. Yeah, you know, have you ever seen it? I've never, yeah, yeah. I don't, I've never. Really I've seen, seen him it. get like a little fucking like uncomfortable or not uncomfortable, but a little bit like perturbed. Where he's just like, man, fuck you. Yeah, you know? yeah, he'll stick up for himself. I've all, I've seen him get mad a couple of times at outside circumstances, and it's been it's been pretty funny. It just has like it's got a real long fuse. Yeah, so I have a really short fuse. So yeah. the, uh, to see someone who's relatively calm. 
get to that point is always pretty fucking I feel funny. like we're in a Western movie right now, and we got the dynamite put into a fucking mountain, <laughs> and we got the fuse just real long, and you already lit it. You're just waiting. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, everyone will figure it out when the time's right. Yeah. And it, it, it rocks. I couldn't be... Yeah, I'm excited. Happier about that, but we got to move on because I'm sure I probably, I didn't say, you know what I'm saying? There's a few people listening right now that could figure that out, but. Yeah, whatever. uh, But yeah, man, it's just dictator week. And then I'm furious. I've been grouchy. This sciatic shit sucks, man. It's always like, I feel like this is the most insignificant injury, if you want to call it that, that I've had. But it's like a nonstop pain, oh, so yeah. it just wears on you. It doesn't. It doesn't. Uh, it doesn't hurt bad. Is it worse in the morning time? Oh when yeah. You first get up. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But you know, like I've been for the last few months. I'll get up. Generally, I get out of bed, go pee, drink water, get my first cup of coffee, and then I'll go through like the McGill Big Three three times, just to get blood flowing and like mobility. And so, like I've known. Like, whenever the last time, the last thing that really fucked me up was a dislocated hip. And that was a thousand times worse than this. And after that, like, I just have heard so many people that know what they're talking about say, and I've fucked off on it. I'm I'm now, just this week, doing the right thing. And I'm not going to stop. It's because it's, doing abs sucks. Doing abs is gay as hell. It stinks. It's not fun. Yeah. But uh, I know... The reason why, like, your back and hips get tweaked is because your fucking abs aren't strong. They're not strong enough. It might have strong core, but it's not strong enough to be performing optimally. So every time some shit tweaks, it's just a reminder. You're, I'm not doing the right thing, and I could have been doing it and saved myself all this agony and wear. But, you know, the, the all the McGill Big 3 does is it just some gay exercises that focus the it basically makes your abs be activated so it's it's mobility focused but it makes your body instead of like putting you know you like naturally when you when you're postured standing up the right way your body wants to put that weight on your hips and back but if you'll fire your abs up then it uses your abs it balances out so it's not like your back's not pulling on you your abs kind of even it out. So it's a good thing to do in the morning. So waking up and doing shit is nothing new. So I've got like, as soon as I started talking about sciatic problems, of course, my online feed has been nonstop sciatic relief, sciatic this, yeah. sciatic doctor, and which is good because I found some good shit and I take like the, the few things that look the best and mess with them and then found what's working. So like this week I've been waking up and hitting that right away. And like once I start moving around and shit, it's okay. But then... Our work car is a piece of shit Hyundai that's low as shit to the ground. And not only is it low to the ground, but the seat is not made for an ass like mine. Well, it's not made for big people at all. No, it's made for fucking Koreans. Yeah. So my cheek, so like the seat is concaved where your cheeks are supposed to go. And then it's got raised sides, I guess, to contain your cheeks. But my cheeks sit on the things that raise your, there's like are on the outside. So it just push it just crushes my ass, and then we got a shitty couch at work. When I sit on it, it fires it up. But he's been a real bitch. It's just annoying as shit because I got super strong doing things a hundred percent the wrong way, 
just constantly maxing out, putting on more weight. So I fucked my shit up. First, I tore my psoas. Then I dislocated my hip. And then I've been like pretty chill and patient and like gotten really good at doing the lifts the right way. And I've been working back up. I mean, I haven't been doing, I haven't done singles of anything. Haven't tried to max out on anything. I worked, I mean, I was doing like, I was doing 450 for reps, five reps on squat last week. And it felt great. Like I knew, like I just knew, I'm like, well, I can do this with 500. And that means I can do it with, you know, I can do a single of, I'd probably get back up into 600 territory again. But not rushing to do that. You're going to take my time and do things the right way. And then this shit happens. Yeah. And I think I did it fucking off with RDLs. Here nor there, no one gives a fuck. It's just a very uncomfortable. And it makes me grouchy as shit. Because it's, again, it's not like intense pain from an injury. It's just like a full day of your fucking ass cheek. Sometimes down into my ankle hurts. Fuck. But it's not that bad. It's just fucking annoying. It grinds on you. makes you... Your patient's short. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Irritable. Yeah, man. Any type of, like, back shit. Yeah, it makes you irritable. And what's funny is, like, I have been so much less emotional because I've been on an estrogen blocker. Dude, everyone, fellas, if you find yourself having an ultra-short fuse or any sort of emotion that guy shouldn't have, get your estrogen checked. Yeah. Because, goddamn. I was really not giving a shit about anything, <laughs> which is good, dude. Yeah. Like, uh, I kept tearing up during every sports thing that I watched. Like, I'd watch a UFC and somebody would have some gnarly win and fucking tear up and be, I'd be like, oh, man. <laughs> yeah, I get <laughs> But ever since, dude, that estrogen cleared that shit up, man. And what I had to go back and do, what, what would get me bad is, uh, you know, that Rose Nakamajina, Thug Rose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, when she fucking won the title after that bitch had beat her, and she then she fought her again and and like dominated and won, and fucking just broke down and couldn't even talk because she was crying so much. Dude, that would wreck me. It, it didn't matter how many times I saw it; it would just make me like, oh yeah, not like cry, cry, but just like tear up and be like, oh man, I love sports. Yeah. Sports are so great. And uh, yeah, I'm, I checked to make sure I'm safe. Yeah, and I watched. Uh, Buster Douglas is 30 for 30. Have oh, you seen that? Yeah, he's... What dude. the fuck, dude? Yeah. That guy was going through it. Yeah, maniac. Yeah. I mean, it was a clash of maniacs. He, yeah, he beat Tyson clean. And speaking of Mike Tyson, before we get into the meat of this shit, did you see Hezbollah come on his podcast? Yeah. He picks him up nibbles on his He neck. om nom noms him, dude. <laughs> they, I, he didn't know that he's a... I, there's no way he knew that he was like 20-something years old. Yeah. And all I could think is like, as a grown man, I don't think anything worse could happen to you than another man picking you up and going, um, num, 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 on your fucking neck. And yeah. I'm like, dude, the next time yeah, yeah, yeah. somebody tries to fight me, that's what I'm doing to him. Yeah, that's it. Dude. That, that's, that's at the end, end yeah. dude. Just well, scoop, I saw that and I was like, scoop him up in your fucking arms. Like, num, 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 num. Tickle him. Yeah. <laughs> dude, that is got to just take the I mean, that's what I do to my dog when I get home. Wind out of your sails. <laughs> yeah. Yo, it's like what you would do. Like, I don't have a nephew, but that's that's like, yeah. un- that's uncle nephew behavior. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuck, dude. He goes, <laughs> he goes back and kills himself. Dude, my uncle, the, the one that I hate that I throat chopped. Uh, so I'm going to slap him. I've talked about this several times. But then I also remembered. So he used to uh, give me fucking noogies. Yeah. 
and like gnarly ones like punch my head uh, and be like i'm gonna give you a pump knot that's what he would say i'm gonna give you a pump knot so he would like knuckle my head real hard so i'm gonna slap him and do that to him yeah it's coming man he can't avoid me forever they didn't come to thanksgiving or christmas and that's what made me furious about Thanksgiving is he tried to tell my grandpa because we drank, we drank, we were drinking. So like when my grandma was alive, there was no way I would like crack beers open at Thanksgiving. Yeah. Like my grandpa says that he's never drank before. However, anytime he feels like he has a cold, he'll plow through a bottle. Yeah. Like, can you make me a hot toddy? And he doesn't, you know, this whole thing started. I mean, he had been doing that himself and the whole thing started because like I'm, I'm a fucking bartender. I know what a hot toddy is. It's whiskey, lemon juice, honey, and water. Yeah. So I would t- I'd make it and give it to me like, whoo! And so what he really wanted was like hot tea yeah. with lemon and honey and whiskey in it, which isn't that. So anyway, but Dio, he, uh, <laughs> I got him a bottle of uh, bottled and bond Evan, and he munched through that thing. He wouldn't drink all of it. So, he, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah Because yeah. he's like, oh, man. But, I mean, he would have four a day. And yeah. if you're in your 90s and you, you don't drink, you. He, he was honked. And he was all, <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? What the fuck was honked? Dude, I know when someone's honked. And uh, so then he was telling his fucking, uh, I think, my grandma, look, I love my grandpa. He turned 92. That's a wild but, you know, I'm around him so much where he just is annoying as fuck. Because he's, yeah. old, he's old, man. It's, it's a constant headache. Yeah. <laughs> and he's always, like, he's hard to have a conversation with because he does this shit where, like, he, he's smart and still pretty cognizant, but he's just lost. Like, he doesn't know anything anymore. Yeah. Because he's fucking old. Like, he doesn't, you know, he remembers, like, the Great Depression and, like, he wor- he retired from work. Late in his life, like 91 or 92. So he hasn't worked since 91 or 92. He's just cut off from reality. Yeah. And uh, he'll ask, he does it, he baits you. Like, he'll ask you a question about something, like a current event. And you'll tell him the answer to it. And he'll go, no, 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 no. What I'm trying to say, and I just, you know what I'm saying? Like, when that's oh, something yeah. like that's going on every day. He he just likes to argue, I think, and so every it's just it's not like an angry argument, but it's just a nonstop. Well, they're also like there's this like weird thing with old people where it's like the you know, well I'm old, I may know something kind of thing. Oh yeah, or, but they didn't grow up with the internet. Oh yeah, he's so, bad. He's okay. he's rugged about that. And then I'll just will be like, they'll just stop. No, I'm just gonna look this up on my phone, and we'll have the answer. And you'll see, he'll be like, well, see, I was under the impression. That's his go-to. I was yeah. under the impression. It's like, the impression doesn't fucking matter. But yeah. anyway. What the fuck? I, I had something. To, oh, yeah, so he does this thing. And it's quite possibly the gayest event. Now, now, in our line of work and just through the way society is now, I'm nonstop around gay ass shit. Yeah. My grandpa has a friend come over every other Tuesday. He gets there at 9 o'clock. Now, my main mission on those Tuesdays is to have everything out of the way and be out of the house before this guy pulls up. Yeah. Nice guy, just another old. But, you know, yeah, they're just yeah, yeah. old. And the guy brings donuts to my house, which makes me furious. Sure. And I've asked him several times. 
No. A best and both. It's like, you know, if it's you and him, and you guys are going to sit here and munch donuts, bring enough for you and him. Stop leaving him in my house. So my kids that beat me home don't come in and plow donuts. Yeah. That's infuriating. Anyway, uh, so my, what my grandpa does, and you know, I take care of him in the morning. Like I, I take care of him nonstop. But the, the routine in the mornings is like I make everybody breakfast, including him. And my wife pounds coffee. So by the time I get up, there's hardly any left. I make another pot. That way, he also has coffee. Every day I'm right in the middle of doing this. He comes out of his room and goes, you got any coffee? It's like, yes, I do have coffee. Just like yesterday and the other 364 days this year. It's always here for you. I've got it. Your breakfast is right here. Just stop. And on Tuesdays, he goes and selects two mugs. One for him, one for his friend. Sets him down and then sits down in the living room to wait for his friend to arrive. It's the gayest thing that there is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you know, my grandma's been dead for a few years. Maybe he just, yeah, maybe he's gay now. But perhaps <laughs> his he, he you know refuses to explore testosterone as an option. What would you do if you came back on that Tuesday and he was just getting pounded out by that? Oh, other I would. Guy? It would be uh, over for everybody because I would just kill. Yeah, I'd Benoit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Everything that's ever been in that house has to. I would find the other people that used to own that house. Ask them, and they no, they built the house, so the line would stop there. I would take them out, their kids out, my kids, him, the guy, that guy's family, (laughs) (laughs) anyone that had a tie to this house would have to go. Yeah. Then I would burn it with myself inside. That's what. <laughs> That's the most logical thing I could possibly. Even the dogs. Just a nine-year-old man getting fucked in the ass. Oh my god! You can't even. You know he's like telling him how to do it and everything. <laughs> I was under the impression. No, oh, no, 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 no. That's not the spot. Yeah. God. And uh, there is, I, there's ninety-year-old dudes out there going to town on each other. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I know nursing homes are buck fucking wild. Dude, I watched uh, some documentary about sex, and it was saying that, like, the people who have the most orgies and, like, crazy fuck stuff is, like, old people. Well, yeah, because it's over. Yeah, yeah. That's all you got left. So if you're in a fucking nursing home and your kids aren't coming around, you got nothing but time on your hands, and there's a fucking 200 co-eds. It's going down. Yeah. And it reeks. You know, nobody can wash themselves. Nobody can shit the right way. You think like gay dudes. Everyone's pissing themselves. Like around your grandpa's age. You know, since they're like around the Great Depression and shit. You think they're using like cedar oil for fucking. <laughs> cedar <laughs> oil? <laughs> for Probably castor oil. Yeah, castor oil. You know, something like that. Something, something that's like kind of. Because you know, they like wood stuff, like antique shit. Yeah. Like, it's drunk. He used to try to hit us with castor oil. Like, do you not know how retarded this is? Like for diarrhea or like make you shit? Uh, no, if you're sick, just any sick. Castor oil? That's all it does is give you diarrhea. Yeah. It's like, dude, this is just a spoonful of horrible diarrhea. Oily, terrible diarrhea. Yeah, it's supposed to get it out of you. Yeah. It's not a cure for anything. 
I know. It's crazy. Dude, that, that's that old man science shit when you're sick, dude. My grandpa's whole thing was like, well, uh, you got a head cold? Like, yeah. It was like, I got this baby in a syringe. We'll put some hot water in it and some salt. And you hang your head off the bed. And I'm going to shoot it up your nose. See how long you can hold it in there and then shoot it out. I mean, that's almost in like neti pod territory. Yeah, but it's real. It's like being drowned, though, because you're hanging your head off. Oh, yeah, it's rugged for sure. You oh, could dude, just do it standing I up. I thought I was going to die. Yeah. You and your grandpa talked me into a very retarded thing one time when I had a cold. Yeah. You guys, <laughs> you had me go to the kitchen and boiled a pot of bullshit. You oh. had me put my head over it with a towel over that. And all I, it just burned my face. Oh, you're talking about uh, uh, you put Vicks in a thing of water? Yeah. That shit works, man. No. It yeah. burned my face. Well, yeah. It was steam. Yeah, had it too. <laughs> <laughs> it was yeah, retarded. Too hot, man. It didn't do anything. I was under both of you retards' tutelage. Yeah. You know, you come over here, take the towel, put it right over, just put your face right here, and you're just going to breathe in. Why don't you just have some fucking skin with constitution to it, <laughs> you know? <laughs> Man, I still got kitchen hands, dude. I blow my kids away because I'll just grab stuff out of the Hot oven. shit, yeah. It's like, yeah, I was used to, you know... It's been a while, but I was reaching in a fucking 800-degree oven to turn pizzas. Like, my hands are tempered. Yeah. So, Korea. The rest of that documentary, four different cults. Cults all have the same blueprint. There, I'm, I'm going to blow it on the names again. The way the podcast is now, it sucked when I was just reading through stuff. No one wants to hear that. So no. we've moved on. So when it comes to names and details and to the point, there's so much of that out there. Go find that. The second cult that they got into was this crazy bitch. She came from like a legit religious leader, dude. She was his fucking right hand. And the whole thing from Jump Street revolved around her being sexy, which she was, she was you know, 60-something years old. Was she sexy? No. Oh, she would, she, but she would put on like outfits that you could see knockers through and just dance around and they would do, and all, every Korean cult has this wild, the one we talked about last week, I think it was JMS. They, like they have these insane performances where they, they, it's gotta just be a exclusively Korean thing where the people <laughs> that are in the cult it becomes their job to be an entertainer for the cult. So they have singers, dancers, cheerleaders, just wild. And that's how, if you look at like North Korea shit, which is always one of the funniest things about North Korea to me, is that none of, nobody has food. It's the most miserable. I mean, they're living through essentially the Great Depression and have for years the Dust Bowl. Like they just eat dirt and rats. Yeah, Pecos Bill. <laughs> And, uh, but anytime you see anything from North Korea, it's 10,000 people in a stadium doing a synchronized dance. Yeah. So that's just Korean shit. Did that Korean uh, wrestling shit, the thing we did our other podcast on. Yeah. They were like talking about how like they all had to cheer. If they didn't, they were going to get fucked up. Yeah. That's how the whole, the whole thing top to bottom works. And that's North Korea. And we're in South Korea and they were one country until the Korean war. And that's when, uh, I, can't, I can't remember the guy's name for the life of me, but Kim Jong-il's dad came into power for, with he struck against South Korea and then has rewritten history to where he blames 
North Korea wholeheartedly believes that South Korea started the war between the two. But both were dictatorships. And so South Korea had come out from a dictatorship. And they're trying to be the polar opposite of North Korea. So they're, they're trying to be a democracy and give people freedom and let everyone do whatever they want to, which is, you know, the blueprint of Western society. And when that happens, you just get people unchecked. They're used to being checked, so they run fucking buck wild. So this lady, and the way their currency and, and the money over there worked is bananas to me. This lady, her whole grift was she would... Um, no, I'm sorry. There's two different ones. The first lady, the sexy lady, her whole fucking grift was just banging uh, late teenage, early 20s dudes. Yeah. So she would just, she uh, she actually, the way she made money was kind of on the up and up after a while. Like everyone just worked and sold shit in the streets and they came up with a ton of funds. And then she used all that money first, of course, to do whatever she wanted to do. But then she made, so like she had all these singers and they made a fucking record shop. It was the first record shop in whatever part of Korea that they were in ever. And so for whatever, it was at a a time when everyone wants records. They're trying to mimic Western society. So she cranked. She made so much fucking money. And of course she was the only person that got any money. So if you're in the cult, you're, you're manning the record shop. It's open all the time. They're making music. They're selling other people's music. So she made a fucking load of cash and just built herself a fucking palace while everyone else is like, they have a farm. So everyone's doing like hard manual labor day in, day out, no sleep, which is the only way you can run a cult. We know this. Yeah. And then she just will find a flock of young, hot dudes that she likes and the manipulation that she'll use is like everyone sits down to eat and they get like a fucking handful of rice or oatmeal or porridge or whatever bullshit thing they're feeding them to barely keep them alive enough to keep living and moving. But you're just starving all the time. Yeah. And she'll have this giant fucking baller ass meal and then she'll invite hot dudes over to munch it with yeah her. pussy and food man that's how you get us yeah and then you know they're talking to like the dudes in the thing and it was hilarious to see the difference between the first cult which the guy was preying on women and the women are fucking beat up like their life is ruined because this guy took advantage of them they're all virgins like south korea also is like a pretty puritanical society yeah they're not freaks japan freaks south korea not really so, you know, he's raping a bunch of uh, late teen, early 20 virgins. God. And she's doing it to dudes. But the dudes are like, <laughs> a couple of dudes are like, when I think back about it, it makes me sick. And then some of the dudes are like, who wouldn't do it? Yeah. He's like, she fed me and she'd invite me up to her room and then she'd take her top off. And I'd never seen tits before. And she'd be like, put your hands on them. And I'd start squeezing them. And then she would offer me some pussy. And yeah. Yeah, I get it. It's just hilarious the, the between the the two genders how it's handled, yeah. and even the dudes that were like, when I think about it, back about it, it's disgusting. But when they're describing it, they describe you know what happened, yeah. and they're like, still not that bummed about it. No, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. And what it, what sucks it, it it's basically people found out that you bagged an old lady, and that's embarrassing. That is embarrassing. It would be infuriating if people knew about it. Now, if you could get it done in your early 20s and none of your friends would ever find out that's what you want yeah it rocks 
You're so horned up. Yeah, you're just getting yeah. pussy, and none's the wiser. But then now the whole nation knows. Sure. Uh, <laughs> but then, you know, she was financially corrupt, and she was getting loans, individual loans, and not paying people back, which is the other Colts problem, too. She, just, she wasn't as bad, but she was in default for a lot of money. And, like, a, the loans over there, like, of course you can get loans from a bank, but... In South Korea, they do a lot of individual loans. And sometimes that is like, you know, you want billions of won, which is, I think I looked up and a billion won is like 700,000 American dollars. Yeah. So she's already making hundreds of billions of of won, but she had gotten loans before. So if you, it's like a, like if I loaned you 500 bucks, we're basically just like, I could have you sign a contract or whatever. It's not really legally binding. Like I could take you to small claims court for it, but over there you get a loan from one of your friends and maybe your friend had to go to the bank to get the loan. And then of course, everyone that moves in to the cult just gives her everything that they have because they're moving on to a compound. And a lot of the people are like pretty well off. So she's just banking out. But the private loans from person to person, if you say, I'm going to loan you this much money, uh, you have to get the government involved and see what like their social standing is like. So she was married to a guy who had good social standing before, like when she, this cult thing started off. So legally the courts are, are the lenders or whoever is involved through the legal system in this are like, well, yeah, she's a, a good citizen in good standing. Her husband's got this good job. She's not going to default on it. And then if you don't pay him back, it's, criminally illegal oh shit unlike here where it's civilly illegal yeah. like you would have to sue the other person to get your money back there you just straight go to prison if you don't pay him back if the terms aren't met yeah and the other cold that did that had that exact mo with a money grab it actually this one had no sex involved and it. it was pretty short-lived and a lot smaller scale but same deal this fucking bitch starts uh and they're, they're all like women-led this bitch starts uh farm and uh she has all these people living there doing labor on the farm and her fleece is that she's saying she's take she's caring for all these orphans well the orphans are just the children of the people that live there so she's projecting that she's opened the center and that all these poor people and orphans come and she takes care of them so, like, the news is coming out, and, of course, they figure out, like, well, these aren't fucking orphans. They're these people's children. And the people are, will lie about it. Yeah. They're on board for the cause. And she owes an ungodly amount of people money, an ungodly amount of money. So, she's wanted. And then, like, they were nasty, dude. They uh, This one is rugged to watch because the first person that dies on the farm is like a five-year-old kid and the mom and the aunt are involved the aunt so the kid is just a disobedient just doing five-year-old shit and so they convince everybody that he's possessed and they had been doing this thing with kids that were like that they put them in the pig pen so they're living with the pigs they can only get water from the pig thing which is like a big fucking hamster feeder so you have to like go like move the ball in a pipe to get the water to come out. Yeah. So, and then they don't feed them. 
and shit's all fucked up. And then this kid, they buckled. They they're like, "Well, the demons have really got him because he gets out of it and want, and he hadn't eaten for like thirty days, and he fucking wanders into the cafeteria to try to get somebody to feed him." They're like, he's so weak and hasn't eaten in so long. The only way he could have made it from here to here is if he, if the devil is inside of him. Yeah. So they beat him and his aunt beats him and she beats him with a board with a nail in it. And the mom just stands there and lets it happen. And the other cult with the record shop lady, she was beating the shit out of people. I think only one person died. Yeah, I think just one person died is how it kind of came down on her. But this one is like, wait, and th- that lady was kind of beating people herself with like a lash. So it wasn't like it sucked. She was whooping their ass, but it wasn't like a life or death type of ass whooping. Yeah. It was like insanely humiliating. She would bring your family in and do it in front of your family and your family couldn't say anything or she'd beat them too. Oh. So like they, everyone's on the same. I know we're blending back and forth, but on the record store lady, they would ask people like, how did it feel? Like, did it hurt that your parents weren't helping you? And they're like, no, because I knew if they intervened, then everybody would get beat. And that would be worse. Yeah. So that's some fucked up psychology. And then in this instance, this kid that is possessed by a demon and the aunt's hitting him with a board with a nail and the aunt and the mom are still alive. So the mom watches this whole thing happen. The dad watches the whole thing happen. Uh, they kill the kid bury the kid this happens several times and then the dad finally bails on the cult tells and so they're gonna go arrest the lady and arrest everybody and the cult disappears they don't know where they're at so they leave town and they go to this fucking abandoned warehouse they figure out where they're at and they go to to check where they're at and they see that they've like burrowed into the attic of the place, they see the hole, so they're going to come back and raid it. When they come back, Everybody's dead. everyone's dead. Yeah. So they're saying it's a mass suicide in the media because a lot of them are hanging. But then there's like three different piles of bodies, men, women, and children. The leader's dead. The leader's like beat the shit, stabbed. And then one of the dudes is like hanging. So they probably what happened is that like the lady wanted everyone to die. They started killing themselves. A dude snapped, killed her, hung himself. Something like that. Yeah. Real nasty. 32. That's dead. crazy. Yeah. And then uh, on the fucking North Korean side of things, the whole country's a cult. Yeah. So Kim Jong-il's dad, he, uh, when they, you know, they split off from South Korea, they'd gone to war, and he deified himself. He basically he's God. convinced these people that, yeah, he's God. He's a deity. He came, he was born on this mountain uh, spiritually, and he's like eternal. And then Kim Jong-il, I think his dad was like early 20s when he had Kim Jong-il, so he's not that much older than Kim Jong-il. And Kim Jong-il becomes the head of uh, propaganda. He's making movies. So that's his whole thing is he makes movies. Obviously, the movies fucking suck, but everyone has to watch them. He knows they suck, and he wants to make them better. And all the movies, no matter what happens in the movie, the basic premise is, like, the leader is God. 
Yeah. Here's all the crazy things that he's done in the world to make this happen to him. And then like his dad's on the way out getting older and the dad's not really like he's promoted Kim Jong-il to the position that he has, which is essentially like minister of propaganda type shit. He's making all these movies about his dad, but none, nothing about himself. So now he's worried that when his dad died, he's got other siblings and there's going to be like a power struggle. So what he does is he, he is who came up with kidnapping for North Korea. Yeah. So they just start snatching people up all over the place, Japan, China, like they have mercenaries that will just go and snag somebody, bring them to North Korea. People have no idea what the fuck, they have no, like why would they be in North Korea? No yeah. idea what happened. So that's been going on for a few years. He wants to make better movies and uh, he immerses himself in film, which this was like the origin of bootlegging films is North Korea. Like he, he came up with like a whole network to where every movie that came out in America went, I mean, because you know, they've got billions of dollars, not so much now, but back then they were loaded. He's getting every movie when they're released in theaters on like hard film canisters that you hook up to the projector and shit uh, with closed caption. We're talking like late seventies, early eighties. Yeah. And that was literally like the, the beginning of like worldwide bootlegging. So he's like studying all these movies and he realizes like, you know, a big problem with these movies sucking shit is no matter how good of a job I'm doing that all the actors fucking suck. Yeah. Every other person involved in this fucking sucks. I need legit people. So he goes and kidnaps South Korea's most famous actress, keeps her for a few years, and then convinces her husband, who is South Korea's most famous director, to come and search for his wife. And as soon as he gets across the border, they snatch him up. Oh, God. And then they keep them in fucking captivity for years until they brainwash them and get them to comply and do what he wants. And they start making movies. And then now all the movies that they make, the same type of shit where, I mean, and they're like uh, kaiju movies, action, like every, some of everything. They're yeah. wild ass movies. But the slant is now that Kim Jong-un, yeah. ill, sorry, Kim Jong-un's dad, Kim Jong-il is God. And they he and so and they're also releasing like printed material explaining his life story and so he's like, when Kim Jong Il was born, this fucking sparrow they're in they're at war with South Korea. It happened in 1970. I think he's born in 1971. So they're in the middle of this war, and this fucking sparrow comes and is just trying to get everybody's attention, and this beam of light comes down on the sparrow, and every all the soldiers stop what they're doing and look at the sparrow, and then the skies part. And there's a double rainbow. And then it's so powerful that these soldiers break into song. Gay. Yeah. And that's when Kim Jong-il was born. It was just letting the world know, yeah. hey, he's here. He's out of the closet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. All their shit's queer as hell, dude. Like, they, you know, these are dudes that you would clown nonstop. And Kim Jong-il was actually born in Russia. Yeah. And it, 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 nobody could know that. So they just, again, rewrote history completely to have him be born in North Korea and be deified from birth. And so then he starts just like really leaning in on crazy shit, like how good he is at every sport. Like he's the, So the first time that he ever played golf, 
11 holes in one. Like he's a sick horseback rider. He's a soldier. Uh, you know, he's like this fucking indomitable, nasty motherfucker. Yeah, he's built like one. Yeah, and that's what all the, that's what all the fucking propaganda leans, and it's just years of that compiled. So like, when his dad croaks, it's the craziest shit. How people are in the streets just like wailing for weeks. Have to, no option. Has to be like that. Oh, if you're yeah. not doing that, you're getting taken. Yeah, they take you. And rolls into him, and then he's gonna he. Sets his son up on the same trajectory. But there's, again, he's got a lot of, he's got, you know, he's busted in people he shouldn't have busted in. So he's got half brothers. Like there's a lot of people with claim to the throne. Yeah. So when Kim Jong Il comes along, he's fucking born in Sweden. He goes to school in Sweden and there's people that went to school with him that remember him. And they were, what's hilarious about him. So like he was, you know how his dad and him both, they love the NBA. Yeah. They love fucking pro wrestling. They love Hollywood. So, like, the dude is in, in Sweden going to this fucking private school, and everyone's, like, all the people that you talked to are like, he was fucking sick as a kid. Like, he was just decked out in, like, Jordans, Nike, like, all oh, the yeah. hot brands. And they were like, he was nasty at basketball. Like, all we used to do is play basketball, and he would be the first person picked on every team. The guy's Man. like, I know what you see that he looks like now, but trust me, he was nasty. Shit. He was fucking shit up on the court, <laughs> which is so, so funny to think about. Yeah, yeah. Because he's a pig now. Like, he's the fattest one of all of them. Oh, and yeah. I think that's like, uh, their society is like so rooted in tradition. I, I think it harkens back to like, Asians that were well-to-do all over, like from Japan, China, Korea, the whole region is like, if you had wealth, the way to distinguish yourself from everyone else was to be as pale as possible and as fat as possible. Yeah. So people would know, like, you had the resources. Like, you didn't have to work outside, and you could just pig out all the time yeah. because you had access to all the food you wanted. And that was a, even a Western thing, too. Like, England was like that. Like, all, all the fucking royal hierarchy would be fat fucks. I mean, that's how you knew, like, people could afford ice cream. You know? Like yeah. Ice so cream was like a luxury thing. It was like a hot. It was like yeah. hot to be a big pig. Yeah. Which, you know, we would have crushed back then. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but anyway... uh, on Kim Jong's ills way up. Like he's fucking nasty. Like he has to take out everyone in his family. And uh, he rises like Kim Jong-un died way young. And, and like, what's crazy is that they just, you, you know, you can't, cause they're supposed to be like these eternal deified beings. So the story is like, basically your dad dies, but he doesn't die. He just ascends and passes his life force onto you. Uh. So it's like, a, it's not a death. It's like a spiritual passing up. Yeah. He just move like he he sees that the country needs you now, and he can be at peace. Sort of like being a Power Ranger, like you. Yeah, you're like a normal dude, right? You know, but then you get this fucking cool ass belt buckle, mm -hmm. and then you just say power up. You go to the heavenly Megazord, yeah, and take on kaiju's eternally. Yeah, and so Kim Jong Un, you know, there's se there's several people that can be in line, so he just gets nasty. To start with and is a fucking thug and he's a lot like Kim Jong-un's dad was slick. Everyone loved him because he would just be out all the time rubbing elbows, talking to people. He was real charismatic. Well, Kim Jong-un was like a pud. 
He didn't have any social skill whatsoever. So he created this entire, you know, and in this dictator thing, it talks a lot about how what you really need to succeed. And this is the longest dynasty of dictators that there's ever been is North Korea. And what you need to succeed in this is uh, your secret service, essentially. So like your private military force has to be nasty enough to like if they if someone if they try to do a coup and use the military against you like your personal military could take the military out yeah so they're better trained better resources uh similar in numbers and then on top of that they all have to have their own version of the cia they'll spy on everybody they'll tell on everybody and they have informants and they People can't dissent whatsoever at all because the word will get all the way back up to the top and they'll get iced sure. or sent to a camp or something fucking because North Korea's got labor camps. So if they don't kill you, they just put your ass to work. They'll just come snatch you out of your house for anything. And that's because, you know, if you live in an apartment building, uh, and there's a hundred people in there. Well, maybe 10 of those people are informants for the secret police and they'll tell them. And there's no trial, no fucking get your facts together. It's like they're, they just said that you did that. So if you piss those guys off, it's just, hey, this guy's a piece of shit. Get him out of here. And you go to a labor camp and you fucking 24 hours a day have to work. Yeah. Until you die. Yep. They click people's turds over there, too. Do you know that? I'm not surprised. They fucking, uh, you have to like collect a certain amount of shit for fertilization. So they don't like, they just feed them like bullshit. They don't even give them real food, but they just use it for like that dude's private garden and whatever. Yeah. So. Well, they're, t- they're not great at farming. And then the government, like the, everything you farm goes to the government. Yeah. Like that lady that was on Rogan, she was talking about how uh, she knew, pe- it might've been her dad or she knew people that went down. No, her dad went down for like selling stuff. Yeah. Just, that's it. Just had stuff and sold it and went down. Dude, that part where she's talking about going to the doctor and there's like dead bodies and there's like rats and shit. And like yeah. kids are so hungry. They're picking these rats up and just biting into them. Yeah. Dude, fuck. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's fucking unimaginable over there. But, uh, the fuck was I at? Oh yeah. So like if you are in North Korea, right. And you're a farmer and you decide like, we're fucking hungry. Let's kill one of these cows and eat it. And the government finds out about it. It's treason because you stole from Kim Jong-un. Yeah. You stole his property, which is his cow that you're raising. Um, but yeah, just over the top nasty. And then he's kind of caught in this place where they're, they're crushed. They're like, they don't have any money. Their economy is fucked because the United States has had sanctions on them for 30 something years. Yeah. And they forbid anyone that we do business with to trade with North Korea. Well, we do business with everybody. So North Korea doesn't have the only thing that they have going for them is selling meth and letting China harvest organs. Yeah. So they sell kids, uh, anybody that tries to flee North Korea. Uh, and dissenters, like if you're in China and you got money and you need a kidney, you know, like our friend Brian got a liver transplant. He was on the waiting list for a long time until somebody that fit his types died Yeah, and they gave him the liver. 
well, if you're in China and you've got money and your liver's failing, well, they're just going to snatch somebody that matches you from North Korea yeah. and kill them and give you the liver. So that's, that's how they make money. It's all illicit. None of it's like legitimate or fair. So they don't get any resources from the outside world. Why, are they, man, why would they just not bomb the fuck out of that place? Level it out. I don't know. Well, man, because all those people are so miserable, you know, it's like you can liberate them or whatever, but man, they're like, they'd just be somebody else. <laughs> yeah. There's no, there's no contingency plan because the dictatorship has been in place for so long. Like there's no, there's no opposition. There's no succession. It's just this family and that's it. Uh, so Kim Jong-un moving into like the modern age of where he's at now, which Kobe kind of fucked this whole deal up. Um, for one, they became nuclear capable. I mean, they worked around the clock to make nuclear weapons and China surely helped them with that. And then they keep, you know, you've, we've seen for years that they try to make rockets that are strong enough to like reach America. They could hit Japan. Yeah. But so far their rocketry has been pure dog shit, luckily. And th- th- it's a big hit on them because again, all the money, like you think about drug dealers being rich and shit, but they're not that rich. No. Like there's no drug dealer that has the amount of money that like Elon Musk has. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They have a lot of money relatively, but I mean, you you got dudes like, you know, El Chapo or somebody that's a kingpin of an entire country, but their reach isn't like that. Like they're selling meth to, to China. So it's not like the same difference as supplying cocaine to the entire world. The, the business isn't as good and they're not and it's like i'm sure they're not getting for one meth is cheap as fuck and they're not i'm sure they're not getting top dollar from china it's not yeah. like trying to treat some good it's like hey fuckhead like you this is the only way you're getting money so you'll take what we give you type of shit so kim jong-un and the future of his regime is kind of in jeopardy because the world kind of knows what is going on there now. I mean, you've had people like that Kim, what's her name? Park. Uh, You know me, Parks. Yeah, you got her and people like that who have gotten out and speak out. And then you had the fucking, what really hilariously fucked North Korea was the Seth Rogen, James Franco movie about going to North Korea. Oh, yeah. And because that's what it's like. And they used, you know, information from dissenters on like how when people came in to North Korea to do like a media tour, an intentional one, so North Korea could show them how sick it was, they would have like wax fruit and fake shit and like put all their resources in to make it look like, oh, this is a great place. But you know, they would notice shit like, well, the roads are completely empty, no one's around, it's wild as fuck over here, where's everybody yeah. at, what's going on? So the lid's kind of off of what they've been doing. And so Kim, he's not, like, they're not dumb, they're smart as fuck. And he, wants to kind of modernize North Korea to be a world player and to get these sanctions lifted and to kind of like get North Korea able to do stuff again. And so he's had to stop being nasty. So now his sister does all the dirty work. Like she does all the killings. She's constantly calling for like threatening America. She was the, it wasn't Kim Jong-un. It was her that was like, Americans need to be on the lookout for a big Christmas present from us this year. Like that was that bitch. Um, and so now he steps out on the world stage and is like meeting with politicians, starting hilariously enough with Trump. 
And, uh, you know, this is like a fucking Netflix, like super over the top liberal production that I'm watching. And they're trying to make Trump look like an asshole. He's just so fucking funny. I, I hate that I'm like this. And again, politics, I'm not, I don't care or know. But they're just like, you know, like Trump doesn't treat people the right way. And he's just going, little rocket man in North Korea is going to have a great reckoning. Because for years, everyone's just put up with the bullying. They've got nuclear power. Not good. Not good. And I'm going to take care of it. And so, you know, his whole fucking platform is like, I'm a business guy. I'm not a politician. You guys don't know how to get anything done. I know how to get shit done because I know how to fucking make deals. And he did a lot of shit like that. Like we were getting fucked by China. I can't even, I'm getting, I'm not a politics guy. I can't remember what it was. Some sort of pipeline or trade or some shit. And he went over there and was just like, listen up. You've been shitting on us. You're not going to do it anymore. We're cutting this out. Fuck you. Yeah. It's back, of course, with Biden. But anyway, I'm, I'm not a Trump fan in a political sense or a personal sense. He's just hilarious. Yeah. So he has these meetings with Kim Jong-un. And this is the first world leader to meet with Kim Jong-un. So first meeting, they go to uh, Malaysia. So Trump goes over. Kim goes over. And like what's crazy is like, you know, you watch... Kim Jong-un get on the plane and it's just, you know, all the fucking people in North Korea have to line up and praise him and yell and shout and clap and give him flowers and this whole fucking theatrical thing. They got a military parade and like they're fucking throwing weapons and doing karate on the way to the plane to get him in there. He flies over and the documentary again, it's like the super retarded liberal spin on it where they're like, try to make it look like Kim Jong-un made Trump look like shit because they're like, well, he was clearly in control. That's not the case, dude. It doesn't matter. That's what I hate about media. It's like, dude, it doesn't matter how you feel about that guy. Nobody is going to sit down with him and clown him. It's just not going to happen. No. We've watched him in debates over and over. He's pretty alpha when it comes to that shit. And and especially if you're like talking business, because what they're trying to talk is a deal. Now, the deal that Trump's offering is to lift the sanctions but North Korea has to completely shut down their nuclear program and surrender their nuclear weapons. And not just take their word for it. Like, we go there, they show us everything they have, we scour it, and we take it all. That's the deal. And then the sanctions get lifted. And honestly, that's the only thing you can do with these motherfuckers at this yeah. point. The yeah. only thing. Because... If they didn't have nuclear weapons, no one would give a fuck. Yeah. He could say whatever it doesn't nothing that they do would matter. It's not relevant. You're you know, genociding your people cuz you're a piece of shit. That's what you're doing. You cut yourself off. That's how it is. But because of nuclear weapons, he could do some wild ass shit. Probably won't, but could do some wild ass shit. Yeah. And all and their whole propaganda is set up on like we're the greatest country in the world. We're fucking nasty. If anyone steps to us, we're gonna blow them off the fucking map. You know they're like uh, nineteen ninety two Freddie Madball. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like if you are if you like hardcore and you're involved in like the thuggery nineties side of hardcore, 
everyone's got crews and fake gangs. Well, you, you know that you don't want to cross DMS. Yeah. You don't, Freddie Madball will probably demonstrate his style. Yeah. Or Ezek, someone, you know, a character like that. And that's what everyone believes in the country. And that's what they're taught. And that's how it is. Everyone else is evil. We're the righteous country. We do everything right. The world's just a bad place. Everyone's hungry like this everywhere else. Yeah. This is, a, this is what the world is. And uh, we got to fix it. And we've got to fix it by getting rid of America, getting rid of Japan. So you just got to take away this fucking nuclear power. You have to. And so the first meeting, Kim Jong tries to pitch it and Trump just kind of brushes him off. Like they shake hands, they have dinner. And so when they have dinner, Kim Jong-un tells him this insane fucking story about killing his uncle, cutting his head off, and putting it in a glass box in front of the palace for everyone to see. Oh. In private. And so when the cameras come on, Trump's like, you won't believe the incredible story. What a powerful leader. This guy, he's got family, kind of like the Democrats are coming after me. You know what he does? He cuts his head off, he puts it in a box, he sticks it in the thing like he's Genghis Khan. That's what he does. This is the guy. And so people are like, he's praising him. Like, dude, that's, you know what Trump does. He's taking a shit. (laughs) He's taking a shit on this guy because the guy told him a crazy story in confidence because what Kim Jong-un thinks is that Trump is super horny for power. And I'm only talking about Trump right now because it is specific relation to Kim Jong-un and the way that he's framed in the documentary that I watched. Like he's, he's trying to flex on the world and he wants North Korea to see that he is a world leader and that everyone else respects him and bows to him. So Trump just blasts the story that he told him in private because he thought that if he told Trump that, Trump was going to be like, what a powerful guy. Gee, I really wish I could do that. If I could just cut off Mitch McConnell's head and put it on a spike, it'd be incredible. Yeah. But that's not. Yeah. It's insane. Uh, So that's, uh, it's just so funny for them. It's the way he told it all Trump style like that. And it's so fucking funny. And it's just like, he's just like that. Like the dude tells him a story and then they turn cameras on and he just blasts it. (laughs) It's hilarious. Yeah. So then they have a second meeting and after the meeting, like he kind of gets that criticism from the media. They're like, well, he did most of the talking and it kind of seemed like he was running the meeting and he's like, look, that guy, he's nothing. He doesn't have anything to offer me. What am I going to get from North Korea? What's he going to do? He can't, they can't do anything for us. He's going to sit across the table from me. I'm nice. I'm a nice guy. We want to talk business. We talk business. That's what I do. I talk business. He, de- he doesn't, I'm not impressed by him. He's nobody. Yeah. And so that really makes Kim Jong-un turn it up. Kim Jong-un starts writing him letters going on and on about how much he admires Trump, how much he appreciates him coming together with him and giving him a chance, trying to butter him up. And then again, Trump is like in the media, like he's a sweet guy, great guy, nice guy. He's been writing me love letters. I mean, truly love letters. He loves me. And I love, I love him. He's a great guy. He loves, he just adoration. I get these letters. They say, Trump, I love you. Uh, I want to be your friend. That's great. We get, it's a bromance. You could say it's a, you could say that you could say it's a bromance. Okay. So they have the second meeting. He fucking brings Trump to North Korea. This is the first world leader that's ever been inside North Korea. Yeah. Ever. World leader. There's been other politicians and shit over, but world leader. And so where it first gets crazy is like, here's the, here's the thing that I didn't really know. 
is when the president goes somewhere, when he's at the place, it's American law. So, you know, they bring media with them. So like Air Force One, he'll be sequestered off or let some media in with him. And every major news network from America will have reporters there. And so when they show up somewhere, you can't tell them they can't do something because it's our, it, what, where they're at, where he's at, it's our constitution. It's not your rules. It's our rules. And that's known going in. Yeah. So like, and dude, the reporters, it's a shout out to that. Cause I, I don't like the media. I'm like Trump. It, it sucks. It's manipulative. It's bullshit. But dude, they are not having it because Kim Jong-un's like private battalion is like, keeps trying to like stand in front of them and, and keep them from following them. And the media is like, get the fuck out of my way. And you know, Trump's got secret service and everyone with him and they can't do anything about it, you know, because it, it would, it, you basically, if you, if they attacked one of them, they just started war with America. Yeah. It compromises them for sure. So they just have to deal. It's a, it's a crazy thing to see like that. And then, so they go into this, this government building. Uh, they walk down the streets to get there and it's the media just shoving past all these fucking dudes and jacked dudes in suits that are trying to keep them out. And it's, it's, it's kind of fucking bedlam until they get set down and all the cameras are in there. And, uh, you know, he's got fucking John Bolton, who was the secretary of state at the time. And uh, all these American Condoleezza rice is there. Like all these American dignitaries are there, um, to show face and extend, you know, kind of an olive branch to, to get this deal done. And they're there for hours. So they have a meeting and in the meeting, Kim Jong-un is, he, he presents his deal, which is we will immediately stop producing nuclear weapons and we'll give you access to this one center. And Trump is, it's everything I said or it's nothing. There's, there's no in-between. There's not a We'll let this one thing slide. It's everything. You give it all to us. We come here. We personally sweep your country for nukes and we take it all. And so it's hilarious because Kim Jong-un gets what he wants. His dad got what he wanted. His dad got what he wanted. So it's generations of you can't, you're not being told no. Yeah. So this guy is sitting there trying to fucking go back and forth with Trump. It never gets like heated, but he's just nonstop. He just keeps trying to frame it different ways. And uh, in the documentary, Dinklage was saying that's kind of like a, a communist thing where like Stalin did it, Lenin did it, Hitler did it, <coughs> where it's like you, you have your compromise. And it's like when uh, Hitler went and uh, Italy was going to pull out of <coughs> pull out of the war. And then Hitler went and talked Mussolini's ear off for five hours. And he's like, hey, the fuck it. We're going to stay in the war. Yeah. That's what he's trying to do. And it's Trump. It's just not going to work. And so it goes on for hours. And then they finally, like, he realizes it's not going to happen. So he just pouts off and the meeting's over. And that's as far as I got. So then after that, he starts reaching out to all these other, Putin, uh, Tony Blair, like all these other world uh, dignitaries and powers. And then COVID happened and it shut his whole shit down. Yeah. And then, you know, we never came to an agreement. And like, again, no matter how much you hate Trump, you got to give him credit for 
setting terms and refusing to compromise on that. Because yeah. if he was a shithead, if he was a piece of shit, he could have easily said okay. And then they could have had as many nukes as they had. Yeah. Gotten the sanctions lifted. Gotten the capability to shoot the nukes by raising their money up. And, and uh, being able to trade weapons with other countries and blasted somebody. Yeah. But he, he kept that from happening for, you know, as long as he can. Just wild shit. And then uh, on the dictator thing, the, their, uh, Gaddafi, Muammar Gaddafi, that guy, he's a, a, a giant piece of shit. Say that as a disclaimer, but also a hilarious fucking guy. Do you yeah. know about this guy? So he's a dictator of Libya. He's the guy that uh, got killed, and then Hillary Clinton was like, we came, we saw, he died. <laughs> yeah. It's that guy. And, Weasley. Uh, huh? Weasley laugh. Oh, that's a crazy clip, dude. Her, she's just a nut. Oh, yeah. Anyway, so he was in power from, like, the 70s, and he was, like, uh, revolutionary. So basically, Libya had this, like, super corrupt government, and he started off as like a good dude and he raised his own army. He came from nothing. And that's another thing about dictators is like all of them come from fucking nothing. They're all like poor shit life having motherfuckers that just scrap it out. Yeah. This dude like is a rebel. He's fighting against Libya's government and he becomes like the leader of the movement. And then eventually they fucking topple the regime and he becomes in charge. And then, you know, the reason why communism and socialism never work, human nature. The dude turns himself into a god, believes all his own bullshit, yeah. greedy, and Libya's got oil money. So he is loaded. And he is like, what he was doing that was super nasty was any country that had a rebellion, he would fund the rebellion. He had on deep, deep pockets, unlimited money. Uh, so, like, he he gave money to the IRA, to the Taliban, <laughs> like any any uh, terrorist group or rebel faction that you can think of. He bankrolled them. Yeah, like throughout history. So, like, like it pissed Reagan off. Like, they, we bombed Libya under Reagan because he kept giving people money, and uh, Americans. God damn, I can't remember the exact attack, but it was like one of the first terroristic things that ever happened to us. Like, I think like 50 Americans got killed and Reagan was like, oh no, you're not, that's not happening. Yeah. And then when they looked into it, they saw that he was just constantly funding terrorists. So he was like, this is fucked. They're going to pay. And so they fucking bombed the shit out of Libya. And you would think that would like end his whole fucking deal, but then he just like villainized America on top of everything else. And then where he really lost the plot and started being a piece of shit is he had like under and and like a lot of fucking he had a lot just like the Soviets, he had like a lot of liberals, like worldwide progressive liberal types, thinking that he was like the fucking man because he's doing all this progressive stuff. Like he's got this female secret police battalion. And they're all like these nasty, trained up martial arts fucking shooting experts. Charlie's Angels types. Yeah. But what he's doing is he's like just banging them all. Yeah. So he's like, like they'll go, they'll just like go to a town and do a parade with all his women soldiers. And the women soldiers will just like snatch up anyone they think is like a hot teen. 
Whoa. And then he'll they'll bring them to meet Gaddafi, and then Gaddafi will like pick out of those, and then you know bang them out and turn them into part of his elite force that he's banging all the time. Damn. Uh, there's a lot of other shit, and we've been going on forever, so don't want to steep. But Gaddafi's whole shit was crazy. Uh, I brought Gaddafi into this because my favorite thing and all this dictator shit that I've been learning of all of all. So Libya had this huge ethnical, ethnic Italian population. Yeah. And so in this, uh, how to become a tyrant thing. One of the staples is you got to find, uh, race a religion or a group of people to turn the society society against because it's like how you it's like look shit sucks right now here's why it sucks here's what we're going to do to fix it so he takes every fucking italian's money all the italians that live in libya he takes their money and then he, he doesn't round them up and kill them or anything he just boots them all out of libya yeah. so libya is fucking italian free that's nice yeah yeah he's just like listen fucking hand over the salami Hand over the fucking gravy and get the fuck out of my country. Yeah. <laughs> that shit was shit. so funny to me. <laughs> Just keep booting them all, man. Yeah, because it's like, you know, a lot of fucking, all the dictators, every dictator did uh, unspeakable genocides. Yeah. Like Mao against his own people, uh, Stalin against his own people. Hitler against his own people, which was like, you know, Jews is what his whole fucking bag was. Uh, uh, Amin in Africa, he, he, it, was, it was fucking anyone Asian that was in Uganda. So for whatever reason, they had like a large Indian population. So they were like, yo, we're killing these fucking Indians. And his, shit, his shit was hilarious because he's like, last night, I have a dream. I am seeing the people raising the cattle and the people are feeding the cattle. They are milking the cattle. But when I see the Indians, they are not feeding the cattle. They only milk the cattle. So that is what they are doing to our country. Oh man! They take the milk, but they don't put the milk back. So he fucking kills Gives him a chance to leave, but is killing him along the way. All the Asian people, which are mainly Indian. And then, like, everyone fucking loves him because they are, like, they own almost every business in Uganda. Like, all the stores, retail, grocery stores, uh, supply chains, it's all owned by them. So, he just gives it to the people. So, like, all these poor-ass people, they now own businesses. Yeah. Like he didn't take it for the government. He was like, come up time. Like you, you guys figure it out, but it's all yours. <laughs> and he was a bitch, dude. He went down. Uh, yeah, but yeah, as far as ethnic cleansings go, I a hundred percent back getting rid of Italians. Like yeah. if you had to get, if you, if in America, no one dies, but we just picked one ethnicity to get rid of. I'm going Italian. Yeah. What are you? You know what I'm saying? What would you? Are you pick? going back to your home country? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, uh, I can't stand those fucking greasy fucks, man. Yeah, and you know what I hate? Pepperoni you know what? talking son of a bitches. I've been on the East Coast a, a pretty decent amount. And I'll, t- I'll tell you what irks me the most about like American Italians is that they just keep. It's like, bro, dude, you your family has lived here since the fucking early 1900s. You do not have an Italian accent. No. You have no ties to Italy. Knock it off. Irish people are pretty bad like that, too. They don't really use the accent, but, you know, when fucking St. Patrick's Day and shit rolls around, Ugh. like, not, you know, not only, and, it, and it, here's the thing, it's like Italians and Irish, you're white. Yeah. Like, you know, there's not white people in America that are, like, pumped about being German. Yeah. It's like, when you're white, it's a little over the top to just fucking go all in on your ethnic background. Like Jews. <laughs> I mean, you know, Jews aren't really white. You know what I mean? <laughs> Some are. They're like the Ashkenazi, yeah. like the, the European ones that Hitler was fucking icing. Sure. But that, and, and I don't, they're not, Judaism is also like a religion. Yeah. So that's like your, your whole thing. Gotcha. You know, people, man. but like Irish are just like Catholic or Baptist. Yeah. Like you fucking knock it off. Because we just had St. Patrick's Day, and I got, dude, I never really paid attention before, but probably because I've been in, in the midst of all this. Because what I've been doing lately is just, like, watching only nonfiction shit that I find interesting is, like, what I feel like is the best fuel to do a podcast and just have, like, a flowing conversation. So, I think because I was paying attention to, like, ethnic cleansings and shit, uh, the amount of people that were fucking trying to flex about being Irish, dude. The Irish people are fucking disgusting. There's, it's. I mean, I get it. Like Ireland went through some shit, but what are their attributes known worldwide? Small dings, yeah. Potato faces, uh-huh. bad bodies, alcoholism. What are you pumped about, man? I don't know. When that parade rolls around, it's just it's everybody that registers acting stupid. Yeah, for sure. And if you guys don't know where we live at, we've got this fucking gimmick that is Guinness Book certified, the world's shortest St. Patrick's Day parade. Yeah. So it's like 20 feet of parade. And then a whole day based around, and we get like 80,000 people that flood in for this dumb shit. Yeah. We had like Shooter McGavin, and then we had Gary Busey a few years ago, and so like the picture of his unhinged ass firing the starting pistol for the parade keeps circulating around yeah. on St. Patrick's Day. But it's a tourist attraction. People flood this fucking place. So the tra- traffic sucks fucking shit that whole week. And then, you know, I know St. Patrick's Day is like a great excuse to get fucking honked and party. And it was on a Friday this week. I, I get it, man. Like, it's, you know, we love to party. You have a reason to party. Great. But, man, you are not day-to-day proud of your Irish heritage. I don't think people that live in Ireland are, like, stoked about being Irish. Well, I think it drives me crazy is, like, these people will get fucked up, and then they'll try to talk to you with an Irish accent. That happens yes. a bunch. Oh, it's yeah. crazy. Absolutely. Ah, the top of Shut the... F- no. No. Yeah, I, I did... Uh, I was a door guy for uh, a pizza restaurant here. It's super fucking busy. They, yeah, Portnoy came and Portnoy, reviewed him. Yeah. He gave him an eight... Point seven, eight point six, eight point seven. A wild, you know, you know. So they needed somebody there to like kind of 
keep the traffic. This place was booked out already. They had reservations days in advance. And so you, the whole thing was like you had to pay like 20 bucks to get in if you were going to go in and drink or whatever. Most people didn't want to. So that was like the plan. But man, people would lose their shit when you tell them like, yeah, you have to pay 20 bucks to get in. Like I have to pay 20 bucks to come to a pizza restaurant. It's like, yeah, today, tomorrow, you don't have to. You can just come back tomorrow. But then I had to do that. It was like talking to me in an Irish accent. I was like, hey. Knock it the fuck off. I was like, bro, like even if you gave me 20 bucks, I wouldn't let you in here because you are just too fucking stupid. Yeah. You're acting dumb. Yeah. So. It's, you're, you're not fit for public. Yeah. This is, but yeah, Irish and Italians are bad about that shit. And like, dude, you know, also like Mexicans to a certain extent, but there's all a, a, a huge difference because a lot of them are first or second generation. Yeah. Like, there's no first or second generation Italians here. Yeah. You're, you, there's nothing to flee in Italy. Like, Mexico fucking sucks. Yeah. You, like, they don't have anything. So they come here and they get paid dog shit, but it's a lot of money to send back home. Yeah. And they're fucking proud to be from Mexico. That's a whole fucking... It's, an entire, it's not even in the same realm of what I'm trying to talk about. Yeah. It's just be, being too pumped about being Italian or Irish is disgusting. Yeah. It and they're, they're gross people. Like Italians, they're all rapists. They're overly horny. They're fucking greasy as shit. Yeah. It, it's just not it like, you know, it's like being. Have you ever shaking one's hand? Yeah, they're greasy. Yeah, it's dude. not a stereotype. They're literally greased up. I don't know if it's just from years of munching fucking cured sweaty meat or because they're from a Mediterranean climate originally and it's like a natural thing to tan your skin, but they're greased the fuck out. The hair, it's just, it's not cool, man. I don't, I'm with Gaddafi on that. (laughs) If I took this country over, I would make him get the fuck out. Yeah. Immediately. And then when people started getting, you know, St. Patrick's Day, I would have my secret police around and you start talking, speaking like you're Irish, you're gone. Yeah. You, okay, go back to Ireland then, you fucking donkey. Go fucking uh, the hillside with the banshees. Yeah. Fuck off. And Ireland's a beautiful place. And I know it's a stereotype that they have a small penis. You know who's got a huge hog? Who's that? Car McGregor has a fucking giant piece, man. Yeah. They, they leaked his... Uh... Yeah, he's had his hog out several times. Oh, okay. It's huh. big as shit. That's, you know, when you got, uh, it's it's like, it's good for me to have a regular penis. A big crazy one would be too much. Yeah, big crazy. I got enough problems checking my own ego. And you you see the way Conor McGregor acts. Yeah. Because he probably has the biggest penis that Ireland's ever produced before. Yeah. He's the only Irish guy with a big one. So he fucking wilds. Yeah. He's an insane person. Big sausage, huh? Yeah. Interesting dynamics, man. Moral of the story today is uh, Korea's wild. Don't, anytime someone tells you something that's too good to be true, it is. Yeah. I don't, you know, I can never understand how people get involved in cults. But that's square one. Don't be naive. Don't be a fucking speed bump, man. Yeah. When someone tells you, like, how do your bullshit meters not go off? Do you know how much crazy shit me and Buddy hear from people? Uh, like in wrestling, someone will be like, yeah, I, I wrestle wrestled or I fought. And it's like, no, you didn't. Why are you telling me this? Yeah. I, I just, I know. When someone looks at me and says, I'm a black belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu, I just know you're not. 
Yeah. I know you're not. Like it's all over. Like I'm mangled. I don't have to tell anybody anything. You can look at my fucking face, neck, ears. Like I've been through some shit. Yeah. My body type. Like I've been on a mat for a long time. It's apparent when that happens. When people have wrestled their whole life, their fucking head gets compressed. Yeah. It comes out the top. Like their head's been squeezed so much, the top of their head is too big. They get wrestle head. Yeah. Cauliflower ears. It's just, you stop. Don't, number one, don't lie like that. But more importantly, I mean, people are nuts, man. Like, I don't know what it is about the world. And you would think with the internet, it would just be gone. But people that are unhappy with who they are, they become. Now, I will say I do like pathological liars. Yeah. Because they will tell you the most insane yet entertaining shit you've ever heard. You know it's not true. But because of their affliction or whatever you want to call it, it's true to them. Oh, they believe it. So yeah. when they're telling you these things, it's with so much conviction. Again, I'm too smart to ever believe it, but it's a lot of fun to sit there and listen to it. But like the borderline ones that can't fucking jump off the fence and go all the way. Like if you're telling me that you're a black belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu, uh, you were in a secret government regime that took on some fucking terrorist group and you made millions in gold, but you have to hide it, so you're poor right now. But there'll be a day when you're able to access that. Uh, you know, you can bench 500, squat 800. When all those come together, I love to hear that. And oh, that, yeah. type of, that type of person, when they're done telling you that, they're almost always really fun to be around. Yeah. Because they're, like, unhinged. Like, they're not, like, the, the bullshitter, they see you. And then they try to feed into what they think that you'll be impressed by, by making stories up on the fly. The yeah. pathological liar has, that's just what they've become. They tell everybody that. Yeah. It's just that's their whole thing. And they're unhinged. So they're a lot of fun to party with. But the bullshitter is miserable to be around because they'll constantly just tell you about themselves and all the things that they haven't done. Like they've done it to try to like look cool and impress whoever they're around. Now, if you're trying to do that to get pussy, okay. But if you're trying to do that to some fellas, we got a big problem here. Yeah, yeah. But it's that type of person that is the type of person that will start a cult. Sure. So you guys, if I, again, I can make any sort of impact on the way that you live and think in a positive way, which is what my overall goal always is. When you hear something that's too good to be true, don't accept it. No. You don't have to get into an argument with the person, you can just go, huh, and move on. Yeah. And look them up online. Yeah. Ease. When, you, when you find those things to not be true, you just don't deal with them anymore. Yeah. You don't have to beat them up. There doesn't have to be a confrontation whatsoever at all. But you got to train your brain. And I think me and Buddy have a very similar, like I, I just know if people are good right away. Yeah. Because my life fucking sucked. Oh, and I can I, smell it, man. I've I had been to, around so many shitty people. And yeah. Just fucking I've, I've been taking advantage of so much since I was a fucking kid that I just know the person. I know the whole archetype. So we both can kind of just. Smell. I can read people better than a goddamn book, man. Yeah. Generally. I, I really can. I'm really wrong. I feel like every time that I have met someone and don't like them and I try to tell other people yo, this guy fucking sucks. They immediately will come back to me with like, yeah, you're just an asshole. 
and then you just give them time. Yeah. It may be a few months, maybe a couple years, but they'll out themselves. And no one's coming back to me being like, yeah, I'm sorry about that. Yeah. It's just like, whoa, who saw this coming? Well, I fucking saw it coming. Yeah. And I told you, and you're like, this guy hates everybody. It's not everybody. It's just people that suck. Yeah. And are full of shit. So it's a negative and a positive. I can't go along with any nonsense. I can't deal with anyone's bullshit. It doesn't help you a lot financially, but it helps you a lot because ain't nobody taking advantage of me. No. Yeah. The world is, is something, and there's a lot of people that don't have your best intentions in mind. They'll tell you they do. Man, you just gotta you just gotta live and learn. That's really it's just like it's process of elimination. That's how you experience it. You just go, I'm, I'm about to have a fucking process of elimination man, right about now. To eliminate those shorts <laughs> on a turn, man. Yeah, man, we love you guys. If you fuck with this podcast, and uh I think you do. I think you do. We've really been trying our goddamn just to be weekly. We keep having little hiccups, and I hate that. I'm I'm sorry. I say it over and over again. You might think I don't mean it because we keep fucking up, but I really am. I hate when we miss a week, man. It drives me fucking insane, and I try to not take it out on anybody else. I do a good job of that. So just know, you know, when we miss a week, I'm usually putting two out that week. I've learned my lesson. I can't put two out in one day or the second one just gets buried. So I'll, t- I'll try to put – we have another one recorded. I'm throwing it up on Friday. So you get two this week or the last week if you – you know. I'm apologizing for something that's already happened and you've already caught up on. But god damn, we're trying. And uh, if you fuck with this shit, same story with Patreon. Most weeks we got one coming up. Uh, if it takes our producer a, m- a minute, he does the same thing and we'll post two at once. So – we got a big back catalog of extra episodes, $5 a month. That's all we're asking to get extra episodes. And you don't want to, you know, you don't want to miss out because some shit will happen over there and not happen on the regular episodes and you'll be out of the fucking loop. You know, you want to be in the fucking loop and you, you know, we do it. We do record Patreons right after this. I can taste your fart. That's nice. So like my, uh, they're not on a particular subject, so my brain just wanders and the buddy wanders and we ponder and uh, we say some things. Yeah, <laughs> so we're just, dude, ADD boys, man. Hit on it. Five bucks a month. Patreon.com backslash death metal detectives. We appreciate your undying support. And if you're fucking around Arkansas or you want to make a trip, you want a reason to come hang out with us or see the area or, you know, See something sick in the flesh. We got our third wrestling show at Vino's. April 29th. Fights of Spring. A wordplay on Rights of Spring, which is a god-awful emo band from Washington, D.C. Yeah. It's a lot cooler than that, I promise. But uh, my favorite by far, hands down, the best local wrestler, the Take-A-Come champion, Buck Skinner will be defending his belt. Yeah. Uh, shout out to Buck. Dude, Buck, we got, remember, remind me on the Patreon to tell the story that Buck told us about the swirly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that's wild. It's wild. Uh, come out to that, man. Vino is Little Rock, Arkansas. Historic venue. Dude, I say this in my posts all the time, and I really mean it. You know, you could absolutely hate professional wrestling, and I guarantee you're going to have the most fucking fun of your life on a night out if you give us a fucking chance. Yeah. 
and come out. It's only seventeen fucking dollars, folks. Fifteen if you snag that ticket online when I get a link up. Come out there, man. See us wrestle live. We just get better and better. Uh, the wrestlers we have on the show are the absolute tip-top talent around here. You know, we are not fucking with any bullshit, so come check it out, man. And then our buddies and heels are going to close the show out. Yeah. A fucking great two-piece. They're kind of like, what? you know, what if Everclear was hard? Yeah, and funny. That's pretty much what they got going on. Yeah. So yeah. come fuck with us in the flesh. April 29th, Vino's, downtown Little Rock, Arkansas, 17 bucks at the door. If tickets are available, you should buy them online because I'll tell you this, we had to turn people away last time when the, you know, the fucking doors will open at 7 this time. They opened at 6 last time because we had this weird split bill thing going on. Uh, you know, you're looking out, you're nervous, like, damn, did we fuck up this time? And I go and I look outside and the motherfucking line is out the door, down the sidewalk, around the block. And people got turned away. And I don't want that shit to happen. No, man. Just pre-order your tickets. Buy that bitch online. Save yourself a fucking headache. It's going to sell out, man. It's going gonna, it's gonna to sell out. And it's a big hit. And it's a big hit with people that don't even like pro wrestling. So, it's like I, I run into people. I ran into somebody at Sam's Club the other day. They're like, dude, that shit was sick. You it's know? a whole different type of fun, man. Yeah. It's not some fucking like hillbilly ass goofy shit. You're going to see like pretty top tier shit. Good band. Lots of fun. Everybody parties. The crowd is 100% involved. We're brawling in the crowd. I'll pour a fucking big swig of rumplements down your throat. Yeah. We'll shotgun beers with you. I'll hit you with a beer bong. It's the fucking most fun. Yeah. It's the most fun. I've done, you know, I do all types of shit that people would consider fun. I do stand-up comedy with great comics all around. And that's fun. No one's more fun to hang out with than comedians. But nothing compares to this. It's yeah. the most fun there is. Yeah. So bring it. Don't sing it. We'll see you there. And we're going to switch over to Patreon right now. So take your fucking pocketbooks out. 